everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Complete This Game podcast. This is a very special uh, episode because it's a two-parter. First off, we're doing Shovel Knight, in case you guys didn't know based on the Patreon, but with a twist. Uh, I have here with me, uh, I'd say we're good friends now at this point. I'd say we're pretty good friends. Def- definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, introduce yourself, Nick. I, I, feel, I feel like sure, I'm going to ruin sure. it. I don't want to ruin it. Go ahead. Well, my name is Nick Wozniak. I do uh, pixel art at Yacht Club Games, among other things. And yeah, I go by Waz. So if you meet me, you can just call me Waz. Yeah, I highly recommend you guys go to his Twitch page. Twitch.tv slash Nick Waz. Yep, yep, that's me. Yeah, he streams. If I stream late, you stream later, which is always yeah, fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I finished around like 2 a.m. ish, yeah. but like sometimes I'm like asleep every. <laughs> so, you're, okay, well, first of all, if you don't know any, about streaming, uh, one of the things in the terms of service is you're not allowed to fall asleep on stream. Yeah. Um, And I and I swear that's going to bite me in the ass someday because it's like. <laughs> I'm just like so scared, right? Uh, because I'll be like streaming, and at like 2:15, if I'm like going late, I'll be like, I'll be like saying something, and I'm and I'm focusing on the pixel art. I'm making pixel art on the stream, yeah. and I'll and I'll be saying something, and I will have forgotten what I said. Like 10 seconds later, it's like, wait, was that gibberish? Was that like, was that really a sentence? I said, I almost, I didn't, I caught myself before I said it because it was just so nonsense. I was like, this is the this is the the pixels, and this is the Blair Witch pixels. I almost said that. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The Blair Witch the, Pixels. I have like no idea. That sounds like a band name. Okay, nobody. No one, no one called you out on we it. Good. Okay, we're good. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I have to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know. So yeah, then I was like, I saved it. And I was like, all right, you know, let's raid. Yeah. Somebody else. And so, but yeah, yeah, a Twitch stream. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick not only does Twit uh, like pixel art streams, but also you also are a teacher, right? Yeah. So I, I um. It's the pixel animation class that I teach. Yeah, I teach it at uh, Loyola Marymount University, mm-hmm. and um, it's cool. I, I, it's sort of an opportunity that came up um, as a result of me doing a panel at LMU, mm-hmm. and you know we did the panel, and it was just talking about game dev in general. And then I got an email from the guy who ran it. He's like, "Hey, I'm the professor. I want to like get more game dev stuff here yeah. at LMU." And I was like, "Okay, cool. That sounds great." And he's like, "Did you do a class?" And I was like, "Oh." I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Help me through. I'm not. I'm not like a teacher. I don't know how to teach. You know, I'm not like a trained teacher. But basically, what we do is just like kind of just talk about games and 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 pixel art in the context of games. Yeah. And so there's there's it's like it's really cool. I love talking about the class because it's really. Fun. Um, the first half of the class is you make a sprite and it has to replace Shovel Knight. It's gonna replace Shovel Knight in the first level of planes uh, planes of passage from Shovel Knight. And so like everybody like has their ideas and like. This is my pumpkin-headed character. This is my character who's actually a mushroom. This is like when when you say sprite, you you also mean like animations too, yes, or do, yes, yeah. Yes. So they have to walk cycles, exactly, jump cycles, everything. attack cycles. Yes. Yeah. So it's there's a total of eighteen animations that are in the first level. Um, that includes like walking up and down a ladder, um, rummaging through a chest. Uh, there's like a victory animation. There's a jump in. Basically, from the moment you start the game to you kill. Uh, Black Knight. You, you defeat Black Knight. You yeah. don't kill him. Uh, you defeat Black Knight and then move on. Um, that that whole scene just has to be your character. Yeah. And it's so rad seeing people, you know, the students that are just like, they're used to animating stuff and doing like assignments. And yeah. like when you're, doing, when you're an animation student, it's like, okay, this is the bouncing ball assignment. This is the, you know, the, the, the flower sack with, with uh, personality assignment. Mm-hmm. It's like really contained. But like when they see their character like in a game and it's running around and it's like, 
and it looks decent. <laughs> it's like, it's so exciting. And so that's the first half of the class and it's really hard and it's like very structured and like, you have to match all the hitboxes and you can't add any frames. Ha so, and so it's, it's so, it's so who does the coding for that? So um, I have a special build that lets you just replace the art. Oh, wow. You're not, you're not doing like, you can't access like any other part of the game. Yeah. You can only access planes of passage. Mm -hmm. And I, we just use the we use the tools that we normally use, you know, to make the game. Like it's, 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 it's a tool called Cutter, mm -hmm. and so there's a build of Cutter that they can use, and they replace their character sprite with, or they replace Shovel Knight with their character sprite, and then they build it, and then they play it, and it's, and it's, it's awesome. It, it, it totally works. That's got to be so empowering as a student just to go. Oh yeah. I I I made. A, a sprite yes not knowing it's gonna work and then you see it on screen and you're like holy yeah, crap it jumps it kills it moves <laughs> it's it's really cool and and it's at first it's like very daunting the first few classes are kind of like dry because it's like hey we, we, we use and I, I teach the program promotion it's called promotion ng uh -huh. um and uh you know the, the students are learning this program and so um at first it's like very like they're it's difficult for them to get used to the program and and then they're like oh i gotta make a character it's like what does that mean and like they, a lot of them ha haven't heard of what like hitboxes are. They're not. They're not like super familiar with what them. What are frames? So, what exactly. are what are cycles? I mean, they they know like animation. Yeah. But not a lot of them know, like game animation. So like sure. I bring up that that hitbox meme where um, I, there's a breakdown of the hitbox meme where it's like a guy wearing the suit and he's like kicking his leg forward. Yeah. And then like it's like this is what Skullgirls does and it's like a drawing of like a bunch of hitboxes and like this is what Street Fighter does and it's like a different kind of hitboxes and like we talk about like. You know your style of your game comes from how you do hitboxes in general, and so yeah. it just like getting them used to that. And then, but once you get you know halfway through the the first half of the class, everybody gets really excited because they see their character. And then the next half of the class is it's a group project, and so everybody pairs off in groups or and triples. I think they kind of pitch a hypothetical game, and so like they that's a little more loose, and they can kind of like make their own characters and more game design. There's no programming for that. There's no like you can't play it. Um, is it more like they're supposed to build a pitch deck for the class? Yeah, but like they actually build the animations for the character. Oh, wow. And so like we'll sit down and be like, like, you know, like last semester, um, a group was like, we want to have like, it's like Hollow Knight meets Mark of the Ninja. And there's like, like stealth sections and combat. And so <laughs> we talked through it and it's like, okay, well, that means you're going to need like a run, maybe a walk because you're like selfie. Maybe you'll need to hide. You'll need to crawl. And like we the broke crouch. down like what all these animations were. And <laughs> by the end of it, it was like. 80 animations <laughs> and, the, and the group like looked at each other and they were like yeah we should we should do something simpler yeah <laughs> so they like they removed the stealth section stuff they like simplified the the hollow knight like they, they simplified the actions um and i encourage them to try other things like it doesn't have to be a shovel knight sized character it could be like like uh you know 10 pixels tall yeah i do the assignments with the kids uh with not kids uh, I do the assignment. Well, you, with you're 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 a teacher, so they're kids. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're your children. You're you're she you're shepherding them through gamedom. <laughs> but yeah, I I <laughs> students they're they're all literally adults. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I do the assignments with them, and so my the way I do that is like last semester I was like, I my character is literally ten pixels tall <laughs> because I don't want to animate like a huge amount of stuff. Yeah. And so I did like a very small scale game and. Like the, the semester before that, I, I did a character that was all silhouette. They get to learn lessons of like how to be more economic with their mm -hmm. their pixels and like how to scope down and stuff. So 
Anyway, that class is awesome. <laughs> so I Yo, actually, it, it's, fun fact, it's super cool. I, so I applied to LMU when I was in, really? in, in school, and I did not make it in. I applied to 22 schools, and I only got into one. Oh, yeah. oh man. And I had good grades, too. That was the worst part. I had, I had like a B-plus average. Did they know you were the completionist? At the time, no. <laughs> I became not. the completionist out of the fact that I did not get into the schools that I yeah, wanted to get well, into. Maybe that worked out. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm fine. I lucked out, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I ended up going to Cal State Fullerton for theater and film but I really wanted to go to LMU uh, for theater and film and, and business. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just uh, that was like one of my top choice schools. So I love the campus. I love the environment. I love where it's at. And yeah, it's great. It's yeah. Like right, right next to the water. It's yeah. It's like, really a great location. So I'm like the worst LMU member or staffer. I don't know. It's like a great campus. I don't know what their specialty is. <laughs> I assume it's animation. How many, how, that's what I'm in. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many days a week do you teach the class? This is once a week. Once a week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's like, it's a... I, I was, I was going to realize, I was just lamenting, like, you and I hang out pretty frequently in the last couple yeah. of weeks to the last month. I'm yeah. like, what, when did you have time to hang out with me <laughs> and teach a class? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, it's once a week, so I got time. I got time. I got drug yeah. time. So <laughs> you can you. come to the class actually if you want. It'd oh really man! Fun if you wanted to just like hang out and oh my and, god, and, I would love that. That would be I would love that. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, when I started doing the completionist, I got asked to do circuits for schools mm-hmm. to like teach people about YouTube. Oh wow! That was always so awesome because I got to go talk to grown ass adults. Oh yeah. Who are like my child watches Peppa Pig memes and I don't know what that means. So like, I had to like <laughs> go in there, and uh, my my cousin she taught a, uh, a like a entrepreneur class and so. Uh, she calls me in at least once or twice a year to come in and teach like a seminar about how to start your own business online in the digital space. And every time I go in there, there's always one person who knows who I am mm-hmm. and they freak out and it, and <laughs> it scares the class because they're like, why is this one student yeah. who we've all known for months, like hasn't said a word and suddenly <laughs> is like pale white that I'm talking in front yeah, of them. Yeah. And it's always interesting because my cousin's like, this is weird too, because I've known you since you were a kid and, yeah, and now yeah. you're a famous person and <laughs> one of my students is geeking out over you and yeah. next thing you know I'm like taking photos and signing autographs for Christmas cards and stuff <laughs> but uh that's cool uh I, I brought you here because one you're my friend and thank you for coming of course yeah uh two uh Shovel Knight has become a big part of my life in this la- in the last four or five years <laughs> yeah. um and I don't know why and, and I, it's it's uh how I found Shovel Knight was such an accident, you know, like I didn't mean to, to, I didn't even mean to meet you guys really. And that was, that was the best part about meeting you guys when I did was, uh, there was, I felt like, uh, aside from maybe David, I don't know if you knew who I was when, when we first hung out, but like, I think we immediately had this, like between all of us and you guys, like a, a chemistry. Yeah. So um, I, I knew who you were, but I didn't like, I wasn't like an avid fan, you know, yeah, but, like, yeah. after getting to know you, I was like, this guy's like really great. I wonder if his videos are good. And then I was like, oh, those videos are awesome. <laughs> I lucked out. This is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just remember, I think the, f- so how it all started was I at, at PAX West 2013, it was the only PAX West I had gone to at that time, uh, like in my life of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesse Cox, my good friend, yeah. was hosting. He was the host of the Mighty Number no. Nine Kickback uh, Kickstarter party. Okay. And my friend Caitlin Stewart, who now works at Riot as like one of the top promoters over there yeah. for their ESL League thing, she was in charge of the party. So okay. she hired my girlfriend to be the photographer, and I 
just got to like be the the plus one guy that showed up. <laughs> but little did I know that Jake Kaufman was was performing oh. uh, at the event. He was performing, and so awesome. I had been following Jake for years. Okay, I was really, obsessed really, okay. with Jake's music from everything he's ever worked on, and um, the Final Fantasy uh, Six Oster Remix album came out a couple of weeks prior, a couple months prior. Right. And on that on that track is a song called The Impresario, and it's like eight and a half minute rock opera of the opera scene from Final Fantasy VI. And Jake did it in the style of Queen. That's and, awesome. And it, <laughs> that sounds I, exactly it, like oh Jake, Oh my God, it, I heard it, <laughs> and it gives me chills. I, I'm getting chills right now talking about it, thinking about it, yeah. because I Final Fantasy VI is my favorite Final Fantasy, let alone one of my favorite. It's a, easily top two games. Yeah. And the reason why I love that game so much is because the opera scene <laughs> is like, it's Romeo and Juliet, but yeah. and it's kind of shitty, but I've always, <laughs> I've always thought, like, what if... We just took a microscope and like made it real and yeah, gave yeah. it real consequences and story and and give gravitas to what's going on. Yeah. And impresario that Jake did was exactly that. Is that like emotional capture of that? Yeah, same yeah, yeah. You hear it and it's just like you hear the people singing and the storylines and and you you can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like listening to a radio player musical and just seeing it in front of you, right? Totally. Yeah. And then in the end, the octopus comes and ruins everything. <laughs> but uh, that part is not happening in the impresario. Uh, but uh and Jesse uh right before Jake went on stage was like you need to meet Jake and I was like why and he's like he made the impresario and I was like oh my god Jake Kaufman and I like I lost I lost my voice I like lost air I stopped yeah. I was like oh my god Jake Kaufman and I walked up to Jake and I was like are you Jake Kaufman? He's like, oh my god, you're the completionist. And I was like, ah! like, I, like I like melted down. I, I like screamed. I screamed and like Capcom biz dev guys yeah. in the corner or like yeah. Comcast guys jumped because I was like this fat white guy just screamed. And and I was like, oh my god, you know who I am? And he's like, oh my god, you know who I am? Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? You're Jake fucking Kaufman. You made the impresario. You, you fucking Chante and yeah. Contra 4 and fucking ducktails like yeah. all this shit like oh my god Jake's like the most he's the most talented person I know yeah <laughs> like not just like musician it's like any anybody who has a talent yeah Jake is the most talent he's like he's the amazing yeah so I met Jake that night right and then I ran into Jake again in a different party the next night and Jake was like, dude, this is fate we have to hang out in LA are you from LA and I was like yeah and he's like let's hang out <laughs> and I was like I would love to and so I then never reached out to Jake. No. I had no way of getting a hold of him. <laughs> oh no! I didn't have any his contact info. Oh no! I had nothing. And then Fasciani, Alex Fasciani, yeah, he had a guy who knew Jake and got his email. I don't know who it was because sure, yeah. for a while, for a while, Alex was very into Glitch City and all those guys over there and okay. annoying people and. He got Jake's email and gave it to me, and I wrote I mean, an email. Jake also just like really good at knowing a million people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Alex wrote like a cold, a cold email to Jake, and I wrote it with him. And yeah. Jake was like, "Yeah, I'd love to come hang out because we we made a show on Beard Bros. Yeah. called Super Music Bros. And it was where we interviewed musicians and artists. Yeah, totally. And we did two episodes, one with Laura Shigahara, and uh, which is funny because she didn't know who I was when I interviewed her, <laughs> and now we're close, but yeah. she forgot that I interviewed her. And so <laughs> it was just another one of her. Yeah, her, it was, like, she many just, yeah, she just was like she didn't realize that like we we had already yeah, hung out before, yeah, and totally. we were and we we're closer friends now than we were back then. <laughs> yeah. So she's like. 
can we redo that interview? I wasn't even there <laughs> in the interview. I was like in the room next door mixing it down. Oh, um, weird. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So Jake said yes. He was like, yeah, I'll come on down. Sure, so he yeah. came down from Valencia to our office that yep. was in Redondo Beach, and um, we he, we interviewed him for like thirty minutes, and it like was was all of us were laughing a good time. It was yeah, it was great. Definitely. And um, afterwards he was like, oh, I have to go. I have to go crank on this game called Shovel Knight and I'm like oh a Shovel Knight he's like oh dude you haven't heard of Shovel Knight and he like sent me the Kickstarter and everything and was like yeah we're like late on it coming out but like it's coming out really soon you should totally come hang out with us and like be a part of it and I was like yeah. oh okay cool um and like a jerk I never followed up with Jake ever again <laughs> I just didn't because I was just so busy yeah. Yeah, yeah and then the game came out like three weeks later and I was on vacation. I took I took my first vacation ever in YouTube history after after 100 episodes of completing a game a week every week for three or four years. You I took, took a vacation. I took a vacation to, and I played <laughs> video games. I took a three week vacation. And sure, it, you're not doing that right, dude. Well, I know, I know. I was like, I was gonna go, I was gonna go to Orlando with. Yeah. We we're gonna go to, but that didn't work out because I didn't have enough money, and I was worried about the business, yeah. and like I didn't have biz dev people or finances sure, it was yeah, just me yeah. in a bank account so i was worried i was gonna <laughs> fuck things up i bought show Light on my 3ds on a whim yeah and i lost time like a day went by and i was like <laughs> i'm done i beat it and everything was done i was like holy shit and then like i grabbed my wii u and i did it again and i was like oh my god <laughs> and then i got my i got steam i did it again. i'm like oh my i'm still i'm, I'm obsessed with this game <laughs> and then i crazy. sat there and i was like this music is incredible like why do i know it why do I know this music? Yeah. Why do I know this game? I can't fucking put two and two together. And so I look at the credits and I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Jake. He did, of course I know the music. <laughs> and so I immediately emailed Jake and I was like, hey, I didn't back the Kickstarter. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. Please, like, I want to come and meet everyone and talk to them. Yeah. And Jake's like, oh, we'll see. I'll see what happens. So he forwarded my email to David yeah. D'Angelo and David wrote back immediately. Yeah. And David was like super on it, like, dude, come on, hang out with us. And I was working on my Shovel Knight video at the time. Yeah. Because I, I had three months, three weeks to kill. Then I went up to your guys' place, your old office. Yeah. And like, I, I thought I was going to go there for like an hour, maybe two. Yeah. We were at, Sh I think it was Sean's place. Yeah. It was all of us till like four in the morning <laughs> yeah, playing right. Super Drunkio 64, <laughs> which we streamed in the beginning. And then, and then got too drunk. we got too drunk. We turned it off. God, and then we played so Smash Bros. Because that just came out on 3DS. Yeah, we were playing yeah. that nonstop. And then we also played Was Brawl. it the demo? It was the demo. It was the demo yeah. on the 3DS. Yeah. None of us had the game. <laughs> yeah. And we and we played Brawl till like four in the morning. Like I knew that went on like holy shit. Like these guys are the coolest people ever. <laughs> We're gonna have such a good time. And I think so. You you just like glossed over what Drunkio is. I did, which is very important. It's really good. It's very important. <laughs> I we should do it again. We need to do it again. Basically, you take a beer shot for every star in Super Mario 64. Yeah. And so by the end of it. You're like, okay, beer shots. It's it's just beer in a shot glass. It's yeah. not a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after 115 beer shots, you're in you're in uh the what's it called? TikTok clock? Yeah. <laughs> and you can't right? see straight. Yeah. And you're like, I just need the last five stars. We're so close. <laughs> we couldn't get the last two. Yeah. It was it was that was a good time. <laughs> we should we did it wrong. We should have saved like the harder like the like the bomb battlefield should have been our last seven stars. Oh my god, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> because like it was Coop, nightmare. Fighting, Coop, fighting Cooper the Quip hammered. 
yeah. I think like from that moment on, I just felt like I knew all of you guys so well. And then when you guys hired Sandy, Sandy was a big fan of mine. Yeah. And like immediately Sandy and I, Sandy and I found each other outside of Yacht Club. Really? While he was at, like when he got hired at Yacht Club. So I would, I did a, con <laughs> Random. Yeah, so I did a, I did a convention. I do a convention every year called SoCal Gaming Retro Expo. Okay, it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's the only retro convention in California, let alone Southern California. Okay. And uh, it's a great show. It's my friend, um, Bobby runs it. And it was the first time that I was there. I went there and I had the world's gnarliest headache. Uh, I was I was like dehydrated. Uh, I had a massive line, no help. Yeah. And I and, and I just I turned to like the local janitor and I was like, "Can you get me the biggest jug of water? I need to get rid of this headache." Yeah. Please. And after going through a powerhouse of lines, uh I see uh Sandy and Bannon walk up to my booth. <laughs> yeah. And Sandy was like like not freaking out, but he was like, "Oh my god, you're the completionist." I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" And he goes, "Oh, I'm Sandy." And then this is Bannon. Bannon's like, oh, I don't know who you are. Like, Bannon was like rude as fuck. <laughs> but, Bannon, Bannon's fucking hilarious. But, oh, because that's Bannon, though. Now, yeah, now yeah, I'm yeah. very friends with Bannon, He's but when I met him, yeah. Bannon was one of the directors and workers on uh, River City Girls. Like, yeah. that, that was his baby. Bannon comes up to me. He's like, I don't know who you are. And I'm like, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he like, didn't give me a time of day, but Sandy yeah. was like, you should know who he is. And like, read my resume to Bannon. He was like, oh, that sounds cool. And I'm like, oh, man, Sandy like knows a lot about me. And yeah. He's like, I was like, well, what do you do, Sandy? He's like, oh, I work at Yacht Club. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I met all of yeah, them. Yeah, I was like, I know, I, I know Waz and, and Herbster and, yeah, yeah. and I got, I know all the, who are you? Yeah. He's like, oh, I just started working there like a couple months ago. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I haven't seen them in a couple of months. I should change that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Bannon's like, oh, and I, I also made River City Underground. I was like, oh, that's a fucking great game. And he's like, yeah. oh, you played it? I was like, yeah, it's awesome. He's like, oh, cool, thanks, man. And so, like, that's when I met Sandy and Bannon. That's awesome. And uh, nothing to do with nothing to do with any of you guys. It was completely separate. That's awesome. So that the next time I hung out with all you guys, like Sandy and Bannon, like, it was like they joined the RPG party. It just was like <laughs> yeah. they showed up, and, yeah. and now I know them in, in the crew of it all. Uh, but yeah, I always cool. thought it was funny just because it was just a whim. They just walk up to me at a at a convention and said hello. Yeah, how crazy. I mean, like we because. And it's crazy that he was there because he was before that was living in Japan. Yeah. Like if 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 we hadn't hired him, he would have been in uh I forget where he was living there. But he would have been in Japan. <laughs> you yeah. would have not met him. You would have not met Bannon because yeah. like he didn't know who you were. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and, it's true. and like, you know, that's this is so serendipitous. I'm, yeah. I'm, and I'm glad that now like our circles are tighter and Oh yeah. And we all know each other now. <laughs> yeah, and it's been great too just because as the game's world gets bigger, mm -hmm. like it's interesting because the dynamic between content creator and game developer are so different, but yeah. but like we all share so many similar stories, yes. similar it's interactions. Like, yeah, our our Venn diagrams are like they interact in very specific areas and and, and very frequently. But like yeah, we are very separated in like yeah. what we're doing and like what we're thinking about. But yeah, it's really it's, it's cool. I I I get to meet some people that who have who have played the game and like there's very few people that I know that are as enthusiastic and as much of a fan as you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really appreciate it. Oh absolutely. I think I think the thing about Shovel Knight is that there I've never seen a game that's so specific about every single thing mm. that's designed about it. From the character that has one line to the the pixel art in the background, like there's always something I look at and I go I, every time I play Sho uh, Shovel Knight, yeah. I find something new that I did not notice before, and I knew <laughs> and I knew I knew to me 
what that meant when I played the game for the first time because right I at the time I had been going through this this thing of I hate tutorials I hate tutorials that right. tell me hey stop playing the game for a sec I'm letting you know <laughs> yeah that if you press the a button you will roll yeah great now that you've rolled if you press roll twice you oh, do a man. double roll and it's like yeah. great okay cool I know that take a few steps Hey, did you also know that L lets yeah, you charge definitely. up your move? I mean, I mean, we, everybody at the Yacht Club is very allergic to, like, interrupting the player to yeah. make them have to do something, um, you know, making, interrupting the player to make them watch a, a, a video or film. Yeah, yeah. Um, making the player have to, like, read. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing I noticed, that when you, when you guys make a player read a cutscene that is playing out because it's plot, then yeah. you can skip right away with the button. Yeah. But at that point... It's the player's choice to talk to the character. With very, with very few exceptions, yeah. yeah and you, you didn't we try force really them hard. To talk to we try really, really hard, and it's really painful to cut all of the dialogue to be like within like three boxes. It's like yeah. you never have to sit and talk to a character for like for too long. Yeah. Um, and that is a result of us all getting in the same room and really just like really hashing out the script. It's, it's actually like one of the most difficult things that we do. Because none of us are like our our writers by trade, you know. Yeah. Like everybody has is is able to do that. We all had to sit there and just like look at the dialogue. And it's like this is four boxes long. It needs to be two. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's like oh, okay, well, can we say it this way? Can we like move this dialogue box later? Like, does he need to say this here? Does like yeah. is is her input on this like actually necessary? It's like and going through that. And there's a few times where you know we deliver the story from bosses. When you talk to a boss, yeah, that's how you get the story. Um, but in King of Cards, there was a bunch of times where it was like, ah, you're on the ship and you need to like understand why you're moving to the next base. And there's like way more plot stuff that happened. Yeah. And so like there was there was just like this effort to like really trim that down because there was this, there's a scene where you the the big pinnacle thing where you defeat King Birder and there's a whole conversation in the boss room mm -hmm. and you fight him and there's a whole other conversation and another conversation it feels like and then you go immediately to the ship there's more conversation but it's like there's so much like turning point and like we just like we tried so hard to trim it down it was like twice as long as it is now in the game now it's like it's like I think it's like eight boxes in a row yeah and that's that feels like so like oh we can too we much trim it down, down. down. the game they're like like let the player jump yeah <laughs> like, the player's got just I, I don't I don't know so like Trimming down the dialogue is really hard, and just like not wasting players' time is like really important to us. And like, it's funny you say that because uh, I've I've now worked several paxes for mm. other indie, indie creators, right? Like I work for Indie Creates a lot. Yeah, I work with uh, with uh, the guys at Retroid for Wonderling, and right, right. Um, Alex wrote Wonderling, which is right. coming out literally, I think, in a couple of weeks. Finally, oh wow! Um, so I'm excited for Alex. But the thing about the thing being being like I call it secret game dev because people who come to the booth who don't know <laughs> yeah. me think I'm a game dev and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. ask me questions that I happen to know the answers to but uh, <laughs> it's because yeah. I like ask the I, I, if I'm someone I put myself in the in the viewer's shoe of like if I'm going to be walking up to a booth and asking yeah. questions what would I want to know exactly yeah. yeah and so I found it so interesting whenever someone would play Wonderling and the ones who would skip the story, it's it's like a patience test of, <laughs> does the game look fun? Does the game look yeah. good? And do yeah. I care enough to invest that time? And also, it's like packs. It's like you're not there to like to get into an RPG story or like learn. Like, right. You're not attaching yourself to a character. You're gonna play a game for ten minutes. You gotta be able to 10, 15, it. 20 minutes. Yeah. And Alex wrote this hilarious script. Very funny intro. Yeah. 
great bits. The dialogue box did not go for too long. I was always surprised when people would just skip it or have no reaction. Yeah. And it's just like, I would, I, and I didn't write shit. I have no investment. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there going like, this motherfucker spent hundreds of hours designing this <laughs> yeah. this conversation for you to laugh. Yeah. And motherfuckers are like, it's not Metrovania, so I don't care. Yep. And we, I'm so, uh, I was so blown away by that. We, we definitely have seen that like when people stream it or, or, or like, like we'll see a, a playthrough and like just immediately mashing through the boxes and we're like, Stop! It's like so funny. Like I was about to say, like, the, like King Knight is going to tell that kid to lie for the rest of his life. Yeah. And when you meet him later at Shuffle Knight, like he's lying, and it's funny that that like he's a bad person because of King Knight. It's funny. Yeah. There's a joke there, and people just go through it. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, whatever. It's like they, <laughs> we know that the player like what they're there for. Yeah. But yeah, I totally feel for Alex on that one for sure. Because yeah, we've like doing dialogue is hard. Doing like structure of story is is very difficult because the medium is not like made for it. You know, it's like you have to force words on screen. It's very unnatural. Yeah, I think one of the one of the coolest things about Shovel Knight is its ability to let the player decide how they want to play based on mm. power ups, based on 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 armor pieces, and and I think that you guys. You know, when I think about Shovel Knight, I think about like an ep an epic story, right? And and in in like a almost like a like I said earlier, it's a specific world. There's a reason why we're here at this point in time in the life of Shovel Knight and mm -hmm. King Knight and Plague Knight and yeah. and Specter Knight and Specter Specter Knight's story being like this tragic, but like yeah, this like heartfelt experience is is so fascinating. I think when I when I when I played Plague Knight and just the end with the dancing, I just I like teared up. I was like, this is so <laughs> sweet. And there's just, um, there's it's always surprising to me that the, like those those moments or the, the emotional like connections actually land. Yeah. Because like, I mean, you know, creating those and then and going through it from the beginning, it's almost like it's you. We we, we see it when it's just like a skeleton. We see it when it's just like a skeleton with like, yeah. a little bit of joint structure. When it has like just some musculature, and then it has skin, then it has clothes, and it's a full person. And like you guys see it when it's a full person. Yeah. But like our story is just like I'm I'm like. Man, those bones just like don't work. <laughs> or like, like I'm just like I'm, I'm seeing through it all, and I can just like see like the the construction of all of it. And it's like it's I can't have an emotional connection to that relationship because, yeah. I, you know, you just it. I remember when when like the temp dialogue was in there, and it, when it was like absolutely ridiculous, and just like it was a totally tone shift. Yeah, and I remember like when like this scene was was five minutes later, like in a previous you know thing, and so it's it's hard for me to know like. It's 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 really I really like hearing that like the, the the romance part of it like came across and like when people get upset they can't see Mona again and like that's like it's like it's you know it sucks too but I yeah it's nice that like they like care even even like yeah. I, I I'm one of the few people in the world that got to play an older build of King yeah. Guy completely I beat yep. the whole game <laughs> yeah you and sure did you guys are, and you guys recorded my reactions <laughs> I I would hate to be in the room looking at the because it was hours long some of it was very rough. You played it like a very like early build of the yeah. game. Yeah. When was that? That was December of 2018. Yeah. The end of the year 2018. I played the whole build. Yeah. Was like and a year to me, what I played, I, I loved, and I thought I thought the game was ready. So when you <laughs> no, guys, no, when, yeah. like a month later, you were like, we scrapped the whole game and started over almost. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, we, we scrapped the? many levels. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you guys added a shit ton of different power ups and movement things. I was like, when I played the final build of the game, when it came out, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, that wasn't in the game I played before. It was like a different game. Yeah. But, yeah, but at the same yeah. time, like, 
I care, I, the beats were still there. I think that's the beautiful thing about Shovel Knight and the way you guys have designed this game is because you look at something we were talking at dinner tonight, God mm -hmm. of War, right? The way the mm -hmm. camera moves and it's, it's, it's very specific in its storytelling right, and, right. and you know, Kratos and Atreus are having these moments together. Right. But in a 2D plane, it's pixels. How do you, yeah, how definitely. do you focus like emotions? It's, it's really hard to like, it's, it's hard to emotionally connect with a character who's literally like, 32 pixels tall yeah you know and we do some things like like you have the portrait which helps you like see the character closer and that's yeah. nice the like the like the reaching out when shovel knight is reaching up to see if he can catch yeah shield the knight slow that's motion, like, like trying yeah. to grab her as, she, as she's falling you have to do a lot of like really far shot stuff and it's hard because we never punch in on the characters except for like the um you know like the storybook intro and stuff like yeah. that you, you can you definitely can't do everything but I feel like we I don't know we, we did like a comedy and like <laughs> well like King Knight sort of like the comedy Spectre Knight sort of like the tragedy the romance is, is plague and uh, Shovel Knight's like an adventure of, of hope the hero um, the hero the traditional hero yeah, saves the yeah. day thing I think that's I think the the thing that I don't want to like rank them but I think Plague Knight to me is the one that stands out the most as the as one of the most interesting mm. and one of the most troublesome ones yeah just in troublesome i say just because you guys i feel like you guys completely made brand new games when it came to both specter knight yeah. and king knight but but for plague knight you guys were sticking to your kickstarter backers where it was like it was it was the shovel knight campaign again yeah and that was and with a twist of playing as plague knight yeah so the reason why Plague Knight is like that. So, okay, we started, you know, with Shovel Knight, and Shovel Knight is a basic character you can learn really fast. Mm -hmm. By the first checkpoint in the game, you understand all of his moves. And so the game, the gameplay comes from, like, a simple character in new and unique levels. Mm -hmm. And so the, the levels always throw something new at you, or there's new, like, ideas that are to present. Like, when you walk into a room, you're like, oh, this is like, oh, how do I do this? Okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And you understand what you need to do. Yeah. Um, but Plague Knight... Is complicated and hard to play as for the whole game. Yeah, the idea there is like, <clears throat> it, it, there's a there's a pretty steep hill you have to climb. There's definitely a steep hill you have yeah. to climb, but you climb the entire game. Yeah, and, you, and once you get to the end, you're like, oh, I'm a master of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, it's, that, it's, that's, that's the hope anyway. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. I was I was talking about uh, with Barry Kramer today yeah. uh, about about Plague Knight sure, yeah. and literally how Shovel Knight makes me feel good at playing in the beginning yeah. and the best at mastering at the end. Yeah. Plague Knight makes me feel like I'm shitty at video games, <laughs> but by the end, I can't be stopped. And I think yeah. the, the, the dichotomy it's, of the two... The, the, the spread is yeah. like increased, right? Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, and so, like, you... It, it kind of plays into his personality. That he's, like, he's cheating, you know? You almost yeah. feel like you're, like, figuring out ways to cheat. Um, you're just, like, in the... In the, in the uh, like in the battle, like with all the knights of the end, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, aha, yeah. <laughs> I didn't die. <laughs> I, lo I love, I love the interaction with him and, and Shovel Knight and how he steals back the essence. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when we were doing Spectre Knight and King Knight, uh, you know, we originally were like, we can't do Richter mode. You know, we can't do like the same game, just play as as a guy who's like 10% different. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's got to be a whole new character. And so like, Play Knight was this like, new game grafted onto the old game and so like we kind of saw it as like uh we were calling it lion king one and a half <laughs> where it's like, it's like story story structure wise at least yeah, it's yeah. like you're you're seeing the same like, thing it kind of happens concurrently at the same time yeah, as shovel knight yes, right yes. yeah behind the scenes one of the around. one of the early ideas was to see shovel knight like you're, you're underground and you see shovel knight above you yeah in the, in the village and stuff i was yeah. like 
figuring that out was weird, but I think in the end, like it works. Oh, it definitely works um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like like Plate Knight is definitely a reflection of Shuffle Knight. We we like originally you couldn't play Plate Knight until you had finished Shuffle. Yeah. Um, and and since then we've added code and stuff. To yeah. Make it happen, but yeah, like we wanted it to be like a, a like a, a reflection, like you. If you love Shovel Knight, and this is like new thing to do, but with Spectre Knight, it had to be like way more its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely felt like that. Like a lot of people loved Play Knight, a lot of people hated it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, but generally those are the stuck with it. Loved it. So, well, I think, I think what ended up winning me over for Play Knight was the narrative just yeah, of, of Mona. Definitely. And I love the fact that you guys have incorporated this mentality of the down button does nothing. And <laughs> yeah. just for Plague Knight, the whole game. I was like, why is he dancing? Like, why? And then, like, you get to the end, and it, yeah. it was just, it was my Back to the Future moment of, like, oh, my God, he's been practicing this whole time. Yeah. Like, that's what this was about. It, and it just made me, it, like, my heart just, like, formed again. <laughs> and, like, I just was like, this makes me appreciate. It was definitely, like, the culmination of music and dance. I was, like, yeah. a, a way to, like, bring those characters together. Have you tried dancing in front of Mona? No, I haven't. So if you if you get the dance from you get the dance from Travel King, um, and if you so if you hold down, he does the dance in place, right? Yeah, yeah. If you try to do that in front of Mona, um, he gets shy and he like he like twiddles his oh, fingers right. and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've, like, and I've seen I've seen it. the animation. He like in he kind of sweats a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's the he can't he doesn't do it in front of Mona because he's too embarrassed. <laughs> and, and like, and, but like also the the game. Mona does the same thing. Like Mona is there's that scene where like Mona's dancing in place and you can like. Like the you come down on the the, the, the called torque cliffs. Yeah. And you come down and um, there's one scene where like you're above the screen, you're off screen, and you're on top of the torque cliff, and Mona's dancing, and the player has to prompt the torque cliff to come down, and if you don't prompt it, you get a you get an achievement called creep, because you're like you're like spying on, on yeah, Mona. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as soon as you come down, like she stops, she's like really embarrassed. Yeah. And so like. I thought that was cool because like you had this like, like this mirror of them being like they're they they kind of like like each other and they're like kind of like in the it's same very, position. Very yin yang. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they're like they're like reflections of each other and then and they work together. Really well. Yeah. And so when later in the game when they are dancing together, it's like they've they've kind of grown past that. Um, I think that's one of the things that works. It's hard for me to like like I said before. It's like it's hard to see the, the emotional impact stuff, but yeah, um, that one I think is like. Really good. I think one of the funnier things about King Knight, which I think you guys probably saw my reaction when I when I paid the first build, was <laughs> I got to the end and I was like, he's the Joker. He just like, <laughs> he just was like, I don't care. Like, he, it was <laughs> yeah. so funny because this whole game, like, the whole game, King King Knight is just like, I'm doing what I want to be a king. Yeah. And then he gets to the end and it's like, King, you saved the day. He's like, nope. I do what I want, and then like everything <laughs> falls apart. And there was just that moment where, like, when I beat it the first time, yeah. like my my stomach sank <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> I I I just was like, King Knight, you jerk, you 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 threw it all away. <laughs> yeah. Not only you throw it away, but you made me do that. Yeah, like I, I, you're just like, and you're seeing everything unfold, and yeah. you're like, but we. We went on this adventure together. I saw you there. You, you yeah. made these relationships. Like, and now yeah. you, your selfishness caused all of this, <laughs> and the game is over now. And I have to play I shovel. Can't, I can't fix it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like the best. It's the helplessness I, of it. I yeah. feel like, like 
we were we were like really back and forth about that because we don't like doing things that the player doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. So like, there's never a point where you have to be really quiet and like stealth through something because like, as a player, that's really frustrating. Or um, well, if the game's about stealth, sure. But if it's not incorporated, right? Or, like, if right. it's like, if that wasn't the intention, right? You're if there you just put, if you just put a bullet hell level in the middle of shovel knight, it's like, why did you do that? Why am I? Yeah, why am I doing this? Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I have to make a choice. I don't want like. There's never a point where you get like like push an old lady down. Like, like <laughs> that's like a thing. Like, like that's that's mean. Like yeah. you don't want to be mean. Yeah. And so there's this like this 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 disconnect where King Knight, like nobody at that point when they're playing thinks like I should kill everybody. Yeah. You know, but like King Knight's totally there. And so there's a, there's a huge disconnect, and by like betraying all of his friends, he's also betraying like you as a player. Yeah. And well, cause especially because you're like, oh yeah, he's evil. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like, Specter Knight, Specter Knight has this like brothership story. Yes. Plague Knight, you think he's evil because of his design, but you realize he's he's, just a, he's got his own thing going on. Yeah, and then you, you also you can look at the design, the knights themselves, right? Like Propeller Knight is just like this like Vega like. <laughs> Swarmy character and Tinker Knight's just kind of like a crazy person in a way. But like at the end, he makes toys for kids. Yeah, like like everybody has their own like level of redemption. You know, like maybe maybe Propeller Knight's just like he's like kind of selfish and cocksure, and he's he's a sky pirate. Like he wouldn't, I wouldn't trust him. Sure, you know, yeah. But I bet like he's not like a a raging lunatic, right? You know, and Specter Knight, like yeah, he's like he's like. He's like stuck in the servitude of his, of his bonds. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Like edgy and um. But you look at King Knight. Like King Knight, like, just a buffoon. Yeah. <laughs> who's actually evil? Yeah. Well, he's, he's a buffoon. He's a buffoon that's actually evil, but his evilness comes from the people around him not understanding him and yes, his frustration. Everybody of that. like trusts him all, immediately. They're like, we, yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, like, like the fact that his mom is like a big component of the game is like. <laughs> He's like, shut yeah. up, mom! Like, I'm yeah. fucking trying to be Stay a king. Stay out of my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of my kingdom, mom. <laughs> yeah, we tried. Um, one of you know, one of the character inspirations for King Knight was Cartman. Um, and like, I can totally and his see mom that. is like Cartman's mom, like very simpering, but like, oh dear, she yeah. like understands. Here's your like, cheesy poops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, She'll yeah. Cheap, like, hey, did you do the thing I asked you to do? He's like, no. <laughs> you know, I did my own thing, and and then she's like, "Well, I need you to do that." And he's like, "I'm I'm a king." You know, their first conversation is really indicative of their relationship. But at the end, when she like finally calls him King Knight, like, and and and, and it's like this the the ironic, you know, like yeah, I hope you've you've you uh, appreciate or like you do well or whatever with all that you've built here. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you hear that from your mom? It's like. It's like your mom saying, like... She it, was the one that was rooting for me the whole time, yeah. and now she's like... Well, you did it, son. Yeah, and you're just like... Good job. Oh. But King Knight's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, King Knight, you're like an asshole. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> Which is so funny, because when you when you switch it all, it's the, he's the first knight to go down. Like, he's the weakest of the knights. Yeah, he's the, totally. the, the most idiot, idiot of them all. And, yeah. like... Yeah, dude, yeah. King, King, King Knight's, I think, I think his adventure... Like if we had made it so that you could choose or something, it totally would have ruined it. And so, yeah, having it be a thing that like he betrays everyone, including the player, is yeah. perfect. Because then they also you think like that whole time he was just being selfish. Yeah, like I I've been betrayed this entire time I've been yeah. playing thirty five levels or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> sock in the arm. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. So, so let's take a step back from Shovel Knight. Sure. Was you you've been in the games industry for 
quite a while. Yeah. And how long, how long have you been making games for? In college, I was doing animation. I wasn't doing games, mm. but I quit college to do games. So yeah. I guess that was 2008-ish. Okay. Gosh, is it seven or eight? Is eight. Sure. We'll, we'll when, eight. when did you go to college? Like, When was your first year? Uh, 2005, and I quit in my third year, so 2008. Yep. Oh, shit. We're like almost the same age. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought you were like I thought you were like really old. No, not really old. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, like my brother, my brother has like six years on me. So when oh, I see yeah. my brother, I'm like, oh yeah, he's a mature person. I'm. I, I thought you were like four or five years older than me. No, I'm so, 34. Oh yeah, you're. I turned like, 34 in, in January. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're freaking not that far away from each other. Okay. Because um, when you saying the timeline, I was like, that's when I went to college the next year. Like that's pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. So. From there, you went straight to work at WayForward? So yeah, I, I studied in college. I was doing like 3D animation because I thought that was going to Like when I was in high school and I was drawing, that's like all I did. Yeah. I thought the only way to make a job drawing is to be a comic book artist. Ooh, okay. So I was like, I should be a comic book artist. I had no idea what that meant. And I didn't even like comics that much. Yeah. Like I, I, I loved uh, Battle Chasers, which is Joe Mad stuff. He's the Darksiders guy. Yeah. Um, And I loved, uh, I loved his work so much. Yeah, and I and I like, and I read a, a couple mangas, you know, and I yeah, and then <laughs> like I was just all over the place, and I didn't know what I was doing, and um, then I, like, I discovered animation. I was like, oh, I can do animation. This is awesome. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, 3D. Whoa, I can yeah. do like 3D. And, <laughs> and along the way, I learned Flash, um, uh, which is now Adobe Animate. But yeah, yeah, uh, I got into college, and I thought. I should get a business degree. <laughs> oh wow! Business? I was, yeah, because I, I I was an idiot. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, and so I was like, a oh, business degree. I can get like, and my my you know my mom and my stepdad were like, oh yeah, that's pretty smart. Yeah, you like get a job, because <laughs> they just like cared about getting a job. Yeah, and I was like, hating it, and I hated it, and I yeah. hated it, and then I I was like, mom, I'm gonna switch to art, and she was like, yeah okay, <laughs> and I was like, oh oh, okay, so I like did more art stuff. Um, and then I was not enjoying doing like the the film animation course. We we visited uh, a a a studio, and at, at the time they were working on the Edward Norton Hulk movie. Oh yeah. Um, and so the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so we walked into their their studio. And they're like they're like gonna give us a tour as a class, right? Yeah. And we walk in, and it's it's weird. So it was like it was like a, a hundred foot by hundred foot room, mm. and the walls were all just like those big thick duvetine uh, curtains. It was like a converted like theater, I think. I'm mm -hmm. not really sure, but like the ceiling was like thirty feet high, and the curtains ran down from the ceiling to the floor. It made this really weirdly like sound clean environment. Yeah. Um, but with like concrete floors, and just rows of tables, rows of like prop table, like like. Ikea mixed with like, um, like cafeteria tables, like just tables and people at each one. Like the, a, a person that's like four feet from the next person, like everybody's like just packed into this room with like a laptop and books. Or something? There was like computers and like they had this big giant like wire set up and stuff. Like everybody's just like working on a, on a computer. It sounds like a, this sounds like a, like a community rec center, like a tornado Dude, happened in the community like, and there's like everyone in the building. But it was dark because yeah. of the giant curtains and you couldn't tell the time of day it was and like everybody was quiet 
And like we walked in there and it was like I every time I think about it it becomes like more and more bizarre to me that like anybody was like that does that. And so like <laughs> we just so we just like walked down the the aisle between um two rows of of desks and we stopped at this one guy and we were like what are you you know the, the guy was like what well tell him what you're doing uh Joe or whatever. And Joe he's like well I'm animating the secondary actions when Hulk here gets electrocuted. And so, like, all he was doing was, like, there's a scene where, where I, I haven't seen the movie, <laughs> movie in so long, so I don't remember. But, like, he gets electrocuted, and he's like, and he gets angry. Yeah. Um, he's not doing the motion of, of, like, the arms coming down. He's, like, when when the pulse of electricity goes through his arm, he's, like, over-flexing certain muscle groups. And so he was, like, he was like, here, if I slide this, then you can see the brachialis way more. And <laughs> it was, like, oh, my God. Oh, my I'm gosh. so scared. Yeah. And I was, like... And 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 this is like a place where it's like you'd be lucky to get a job here. Yeah. Because it's like it's it's a well-paying job, but also like the creativity of animation is just like sucked out of this. Yeah. It was like and just, just do this one thing that I'm asking you, you to do. You are a cog in a machine. Yeah. Jesus. And it was like that was really eye-opening for me going there and seeing that and then like finishing the tour and just being like walking outside and feeling like I was like on a different planet. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like whoa, I can't, I can't do this, and so I like, uh, at way forward, I, 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 I got a, I got the job there through like because I had done Flash. Yeah, they needed someone to do Flash, and I had met some people at the coffee shop that was downstairs from way forward. Yeah, and so like very serendipitously, they offered me uh, like a contract position that later became more full time. Yeah, um, as I like moved up stuff, but like that was like I can't. I I can't do film animation. That's like somebody. This it's like not ready for people yet. <laughs> like yeah. It just seems like the, like now it's like looking back on that. I'm like I'm so thankful that I found way forward. Especially because if you think you like, I really believe that like ILM and and Lucas Arts and like the the CG mm -hmm. kind of crazy boom right. I think it really started to pick up once we saw Lord of the Rings, like Lord of the Rings in episode one, two, and three. Yeah, definitely. That it, it definitely legitimized the use of CG. And then like when the Marvel stuff really started picking up, mm. that's when you started seeing half of like the production houses on films are animators, animators, animators mm. left and right. Yeah. And I think like thinking about at that time, for you to be an early animator working on the Incredible Hulk, yeah, it, like if you weren't working at Pixar, like what the fuck else were you doing working on like the hairs of, of the Hulk when he gets yeah. electrocuted? That's crazy. Yeah, it, I just it's it was like an industry that that definitely felt like transitionary. It didn't feel yeah. as like set up as like Pixar had been going strong since '95, but still, that's still like, pretty young, you know. That's yeah, like '95 like, was like when Toy, Toy Story, Story one. You're like whoa compared to Toy Story two or three. Yeah. You're like this is. Yeah, rough. and they had like build a company up from that, you know. Yeah. So it's like I, I imagine there's a lot of like structural changes that had to happen, and, yeah, and like yeah. some companies are just like kind of jumping on the bad wagon. So it's like nobody has like the money to do the kind of like thing that needs to happen, which is like have like strong worker support and like have space for everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no one, no one. Like when we walked on that tour, it wasn't like, hey, this is weird, and I know it's like not what you're expecting, but we have everybody in this room like this. It was just like here's what it, here's what it, a industry standard thing is. So like, take it or leave it, this is how it is. This is how it is, yeah. You know, and, and then every other time, like, my professors would show me something that, like, they worked on. Um, like, when my professors worked on, like, the the Rugrats movie um, in Paris. <laughs> Rugrats go to Paris? Yeah, yeah. And, like, in my head, I was just picturing him in as one of those guys. Like, yeah. one of the people, like, at the standing desk or at the sitting desk, like, that was just, like, 
a part of the machine. Yeah. And it was just terrifying. It was like so scary to imagine that. Um, when I, but I love the animation, so it was like so. It was like I was mainly like being pulled in different directions. Yeah. And when I eventually found like a do animation at like a place like a game company where uh, the conditions were better than what I saw. Yeah. Um, and I could like enjoy like thinking about video games all day, which I did already anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like jumped at it, and so I stuck with it for a while. It's funny you say that. Uh, I when I, I so I went to school for theater and film, right? Yeah. And. When I went to school for theater, spoiler for my live show, if any of you are going to go see it, you're going to hear this story. Uh, I essentially went to, to theater school, Cal State Fullerton, uh, for a program called the BFA. And it's yeah. the Bachelor of Fine Arts program. And it was the right. f- my class was like the first class that was like the charter class for the program. So it was like the first, you can get a BFA in musical theater, you can get an MFA yeah. in teaching or tech design. This was the first for acting, just straight oh, okay. acting. okay. And so I got to the school, I learned a lot, and I learned to hate actors and other people. And not and not because <laughs> and not because of like their ability. Yeah. Their bil- the, the acting was never the issue. It right. was it was the punch down and jump high mentality of like, I have to shoot for the stars and you're my competition, so I'm putting you in the ground on the way Ooh. up. And yeah. when you have a class of five hundred people trying to gun for eight spots. Yeah. It's the most debilitating experience of all time. You, yeah, everyone's you, an enemy. You're, everyone's or an a rival. enemy. Everyone's a rival. And yeah. so for me, my first year in theater school, I switched to film because I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Because I know I could smoke these kids, but I don't want to because I'm going to burn <laughs> so many bridges. Yeah. To the and, point, like, it, and you have to be like a, like a like aggressive. Like it changes your personality, oh, right? I, fundamentally and morally, you have to be like, this is who I am now. Yeah. And so I, I went back. To, I went to film. And in film, it was the exact opposite where no one gave a fuck. And so I was like, how are none of you passionate for anything? We're in the film industry and you guys just want to fucking like PA a movie? Like, where's the producers? Where's the writers? Where's the directors? Make something. And so I had to go back to theater, but I didn't want to abandon film. So I double majored. I did. I did both Uh, curriculums. And uh, I and that put me back in the BFA hopeful track. But they put me in the track behind. So. I had to basically go from I was a junior as a as a uh, college student, but I, I was a freshman in the acting program. Yeah, so I yeah. had to compete against eighteen year old kids at the age of twenty one, where I was like, "Oh, I have three more years of experience. It's not a lot, but it's enough for me to go. I know how the system works and how yeah. to navigate my way through it." And I was begged to come back to the program by one of the head programmers, by the head of the department. Right. So he gave me all the confidence in the world. He's like, if you put in the hard work, you're going to make the program. You're going to be a great actor. Sure. You, I was like, I promise you there'll be no political bullshit. You show up, you do your work, <laughs> you will get cast. Sure. And so my drama teacher in high school who taught me was going back to school for her MFA at my school, which means she taught me again. Yeah. And which was great because I loved her so much and she was like a mom to me. And so... She just taught me more and more and more, and I honed my craft and became yeah. an incredible actor. And I was so I was the top of my game, and I was uh, auditioning. It was my senior year as a as a college student, but it was my sophomore year as an yeah, acting yeah, hopeful. Yeah, yeah. And I had to audition <laughs> to be in the program. Yeah, and I had a conflict. My sister was getting married. Oh no! And they have a rule that if you get cast in a show and if you have a conflict and you don't abandon the conflict, you're disqualified from the program. And so I went to the acting teacher. Yeesh. I went to the I went to the same guy yeah. who begged me to come back because yeah. this is not a slight against gay people. Literally, he's like, I have too many gay people in my program. I need straight men. 
because what? <laughs> right, because it's acting and it's film. It's like black and white. They 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 need their they need their oh. gay ensemble and that, but they need their lead ingenue men who can play who okay. have to be straight. Who, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that, when you're casting like people, it's yeah. very shitty. It's that, yeah, that's, that's, that's that really, and, like, and that's the point I'm getting at is like the film aspect of it, right? Is yeah. like that's what the industry of theater was was you if you were a multi multicolored man in a straight war in in the straight being straight in the uh, in the gay atmosphere, LGBTQ atmosphere of theater, yeah. you almost always got cast over a gay person in that realm just because of the fact that you were straight mm. and you could play multiple roles that way. Whereas, because they have so many gay people who are dancing and singing and, and ensemble right, right. or the role requires that the character actors, there's only so many parts for those archetypes. And so... Well, I mean, that they've they've constructed that system to be that way. Absolutely. They did it on purpose. They did it exactly. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I disagree God. with that wholeheartedly because I think like an actor should be able to be whoever they need to be. I mean, yeah. But the teacher showed... The program, program director showed no mercy and I, I left the theater program after I got my... I, I switched to general theater which gave me enough credits to graduate on time. So instead of being in school for eight years, I was in school for four. <laughs> good, um, good, good. <laughs> yes, I'm very glad I did that. Yeah. It would have been, been insane. And you um, had to go to your sister's wedding. Yeah, well, look, well, here's the thing. My sister was the number one wedding planner in California at the time. Sure. So, like, every wedding outlet blog yeah. knew, like, knew she was throwing a big-ass wedding. And if I ruined that wedding... <laughs> I was never going to be a part of my family ever again, right? Whoa! Yeah, like that stakes are way higher. Dude, than I, I that thought. was the thing. So I went to my sister and I was like, "Hey, sis, uh, I need to not do the wedding." And yeah. she's like, "You're coming to my wedding." <laughs> and I went to my dad. And I'm like, "Dad," and he's like, "You're Don't look at me. going to me. Good luck, buddy. You yeah. got to go to that fucking wedding. I'm paying for it. You better fucking show up." Um, but uh, yeah, it, it definitely. It disenfranchised me immediately from the theater world, and I immediately was like, I'm no longer acting anymore in that way. I mean, yeah. And then and then I started like, okay, I'm going to do film, I'm going to produce, I'm going to write, I'm going to direct, and the same thing almost happened immediately, where it was like, I was I was working PA gigs. Mm -hmm. I This is where I knew I was out of film. Yeah. I did, when I was doing The Completionist, I was yeah. in year two of The Completionist, and I had no job. I had no job going out of the completion uh, when I started the completionist. I quit Best Buy to do the completionist full time. <laughs> yeah. No parachute, nothing. Just was like, fuck it. I'm gonna be a big God. YouTuber. I'm gonna make a shit ton of so money. Terrifying. Oh, but it was the worst mistake of my life. But I, I, I had to commit. It was all I had. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, after year one of doing the show, my dad was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna support you anymore. You need to make money for yourself." Yeah. So from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. I'd have Greg, Alex, Kelly, Jimmy Sunder, yeah. and our other, and come to my parents' house in my like 100 by 100 room where we would <laughs> work out and or we would do all of our content. Yeah. And then I'd get in the car, drive all the way to Santa Monica, like right where your office is almost yeah, in, that, yeah, yeah. in that general area, and I'd go work at Beachbody. Beachbody what? is the company <laughs> who makes P90X. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and I had a friend. What? Do people know what that is anymore? Oh, P90X. I think so. Okay. I think so. I think it's like it's those like commercials were just like all over the place. Oh yeah. Well, now but... it's a Netflix service, Beachbody oh. services. So you subscribe like Netflix, and you get to choose like <laughs> from three different workouts or whatever the yeah, streaming yeah. services. Anyways, so uh, I I don't remember the name of the show because I'm so disenfranchised from it. But I would work from 6 p.m. until four in the morning. Uh, being a assistant and associate editor 
for Beachbody, but for specifically speaking, I was doing it for a documentary show that had not come out yet. Uh, I can't, I don't remember the name of it, and I think it's best I don't because if I named anything right now, I get in a lot of trouble. But essentially, what it was, <laughs> yeah. there was a guy who lost. He was like a six hundred pound man. Yeah. Who lost five hundred pounds on Beachbody? Like became fit, so fit. Wait, really? Really, really fit. Like actually committed to it. <laughs> and he was from Tennessee. Yeah. And he basically became like a health influencer. Wow, on Facebook yeah, yeah. and YouTube and Twitch and, and Twitter and stuff. And so he, when it, when Beachbody found out about his his success, yeah. they were like, we're going to make a movie about you. We're going to make a TV show about you. We're, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. about you. And he's like, I don't want to show about me. I want to show about my community because we're the fastest city in the world and my community is, is full of fat people and I want to get them in shape. Oh, wow. And so he, they were, we, we were making this show where Beachbody would send out nutritionists and trainers yeah. with this guy to eight to 12 people in Tennessee yeah. and basically film a show in which he would train them and be with them every day and work out with them. And oh, cool. what he did was he rented out a gym, like a school gym, and oh. had P90X going on a massive screen with PA speakers <laughs> and be like 100 people in the gym doing P90X because they all couldn't afford P90X together. Yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah. it turned into this massive project where everyone on, on staff was filming, coming back for one week and then going back out there. The one week was to ingest all the footage and log it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a part of the ingestion and the logging team. And so every day I would come in and I'd have terabytes and terabytes yeah. and terabytes and of tapes of that I had to import into into, uh, <laughs> oh uh, into Final Cut 7, yeah. which was at the time just not being supported by Apple. So I had to like convert files into files into files yeah. to make sure the editor could use it. And my, my job was to watch everything oh, and, and not God. only that not only that <laughs> oh but i had God. to make specific notes no so no, no, i no, watch no, no. The, but the saddest part about it <laughs> that's, that's is so how mean. how i lost my job this is how i lost my job At, uh, about three or four months after doing the show yeah because like, the show wasn't slated for anything we were like working on the show to get done and yeah, then yeah. it was going to come out we started getting footage and i'm looking at interview shots and looking at all this stuff and as i'm watching these people who mind you are very large in these shots. I shit you not. Dudes were like yawning, stretching, oh, really big, like oh, just big, big open. And you would see them do like this move where they put their left hand over their mouth and go, mm, and kind of like they were kind of groping their beard they didn't have. What they were doing was they were pocketing hamburgers out of their pocket and eating them in one gulp. <laughs> what? And then would continue. Yes. I found hours of footage of large people who were struggling to lose weight eat on camera in front of the trainers. No one caught it. I'm watching all this footage and I'm going, what? these people are not going to lose weight, which means we're not going to have a show, which means I don't have a job. So I went to my boss, my editor, and I was like, they're eating. They're eating fast food on camera. They're eating chips on camera, and no one's noticing. Yeah. The camera's rolling before they start talking, and I like, see the rappers in the shot. Like, 
they're in their pockets. <laughs> so I pointed it out one week and I was yeah. like, that's weird. Another week goes by and I get another set of footage and I find more. And I just, by the end of the day, I like made a data chart that was like, in these seven tapes, we have three and a half hours footage total of these people eating fast food. <laughs> like, it's like what I had to explain. <laughs> and, eventually, and eventually, an associate producer pulled me out of the editing bay and was like, I need you to stop telling everyone about the food that they're doing. And I was like, what? And he's like, you are, you are telling, you're telling us your job. I appreciate it. But you're starting to stress people out because they're seeing between the lines that this isn't going to work and we need the show to work in order for it to sell. So stop reporting it. And stop I was feeding them burgers. <laughs> stop letting them eat the burgers yeah. <laughs> and hot dogs and whatnot. So that, that when I, it was a, it was a bit of a threat, like the way that it came off. And I, once that threat hit me, <clears throat> I didn't tell my boss. I didn't tell anyone. I was like, okay. Yeah. And I called out for two weeks and then I never came back. And I, I just, I knew from that moment on, I was like, I cannot work. I, that to me was the moment where I was like, I can no longer work for anyone else. That's so Because it, it just disenfranchised my entire approach to the industry. Never again. Well, and you're, well, yeah. I, you're just given a task, like, well, you're, you're thrown into a system where, like, I feel like all those shows, like, have to be manipulative and they have to, like, yeah. They have to do things to, like, to, like, spice it up. There's, like, tons of stories of, like, fake reality shows and yeah. all that. And so, like, you're just, like, <laughs> entering this film industry in the dregs <laughs> yeah know? so that's yeah that's rough man I can't believe yeah it's so funny though that you like caught them <laughs> what was cr the craziest part about it is that I did that shift for six months yeah of like waking <laughs> oh, up at not waking up at eight having everyone coming over completing games writing scripts filming beer bros in my house editing yeah. producing driving 40 minutes to Santa Monica and then doing that from 6 to 4 a.m., driving back before L.A. traffic, <laughs> sleeping for three and a half hours, getting up and doing it again. Oh I did it for God. six months straight. By the time I was done, I was like, please, completionist, please work. Please fucking work. So do you remember, like, hitting 100 subscribers? Like, the very, very early start of this? Or, like, what were where were you at when you were, like, inviting people over? Oh, I was... I So I was an idiot. I treated it... Like a startup from the very beginning. Okay. So, so like it's zero subscribers. Yes, zero subscribers. Everyone come over. Everyone oh, wow. come over. So, so, so you were really hitting that like first like yeah. milestone. Well, so so the first video of the completion has been viral because of John Tron, Aaron Hansen, okay, Peanut Butter Gamer. I had been friends with them for a while. I was helping John with John Tron videos, and yeah. every time I'd make, I was like, try. I had a, a show called Now You're a Man, the Cooking Show, and it was a twenty okay. to thirty minute cooking show about of a nerd. Like a full-on nerd who would try to act like a man, but like would make disgusting epic mealtime type meals okay. with video game themed aesthetics and music and stuff. Which by the time we made the show, a show called Epic Mealtime existed, and yeah. my show was redundant because mine was thirty minutes long and theirs was three and a half, and it it gave the exact yeah. same emotion and feeling. Yeah. So I made that show after producing it for eight episodes, and I got depressed. I was like, oh man, we're not gonna get an audience from it. Like, yeah. And this is back YouTube circa 2009, 2010, so no one was really watching YouTube back then in that way. Uh, and that was my fourth YouTube show that I had done that no one watched. And so I had this like, oh, okay. creative pit in my stomach, like no one is going to ever watch my stuff. 
and it's not going to take off. Do you have the old stuff still online somewhere? No, I took it. Oh, Arian Stone <laughs> is up there still. Michael Barry and I did a show together okay. called Arian Stone. It's the two of us together. Um, the idea was like every episode's about the internet. And so it'd be like Arian Stone take on pop-up ads, Arian Stone take on viral videos. Sure. But the problem with that is that Jake and Amir on College Humor came out, which was basically the same show that we came up with. So yeah. we were, Mikey and I we were basically smoshed. Like Mikey and I, with the things that we produced, we were so close to doing what everyone else was about to do or was already doing. We were right. like so close, second, third place in figuring it out and doing it right. Yeah. And so uh, I met Aaron Hansen. I met, and John and I have been friends since we were kids, but, um, you know, I, I met Aaron one day at my house. He came over for a live stream event. Sure. Because John, John threw a party at his parents' place. His parents were like, you can't have a party here. I don't know these people. So he sent them <laughs> to my house. And uh, and my parents were in a town, so I had a big-ass house. I'm like, yeah, sure. And so uh, that night when they came over, yeah. uh, or that day, we it was Dodger, press her to continue, broke, who's like my fucking best friend now. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I was a massive fan of hers, so I was trying not to freak out. But I didn't know who Aaron was. Aaron was a complete stranger to me. Yeah. And Aaron, and you can test this, Aaron's kindness is like so massive. His heart is yeah. so big. His his personality very is so unassuming, very kind, very, very like, welcoming, warm, yeah. very warm, and uh, like I I like he wanted to go buy video games. So like in the middle of the stream, I like left John and everyone else, and like <laughs> we went video game shopping and hunting. Awesome. We got to know each other, and I was yeah. still working at Best Buy at the time. He was like asking me all these questions, and and we we're just having a great fucking time together. Getting to know him was so fun, and I got home, and John was trashed. And uh, <laughs> and I wasn't playing the games on stream. I was merely like on the tech on, guy. Was it Justin TV? At the it would no. It was UStream at the time. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> Justin wasn't TV, TV was working yet. Okay. Right. It, it was, but no one was using it. Okay. Yeah. So it was like midnight, mm. and it was me and my buddy Zan, and everyone else went home. John had too much to drink. Brooke yeah. went home. She had to drive. Aaron had to drive. He loved. He lived in Palmdale, so like he had yeah, to yeah. fucking drive. <laughs> yeah. Zan and I were going to turn the stream off. And the chat yep. was like, don't keep the stream going. <laughs> and there was like 7,000 people watching. Oh my God. <laughs> like, you have to remember that you had three influencers at the time. Yeah. Press start to continue Dodger, yep. John Tron, and Eagle Raptor, who don't have things that collide. Like, they're all independently massive yeah. creators in their own way, three to 500,000 subscribers plus. Yeah. With massive followings in on social media and stuff, <laughs> and they just make one tweet, and like you have pockets of them coming together to one website yeah. that is shitty, but everyone's talking. The chat's moving a million miles a second, and so Zan and I are like, "All right, good night, guys. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it." And before that, I was doing the tech stuff, and I had yeah. a big beer. I didn't say a word, and when I appeared on stream to change the equipment. Chat would be flooded with like, oh my god, epic beard dude, beard dude, beard dude, beard man, beard man, beard man, dude, beard dude, beard god, the chosen one, like all this stuff. And at first, I tried not to laugh because I was like, this is like, this is really funny. Yeah. And then I just took it as serious as possible. I would never say a word, just like dead face, walk up to the camera, yeah, change it, and the chat would just go, like, and then I would sit back down. And so the, the end chosen of the, one, yeah, the beard god. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so the early completionist when Greg was on board, yeah. uh, the catchphrase "But Beardman," that came from that stream. That okay. that came from that because the chat was like, "Beardman, Beardman, but Beardman, what are you doing, Beardman, Beardman, but Beardman?" So like that was a reference to that stream. That was why we always did that yeah, joke, which great. no one understood to this day. So it's a it's a great reference for all you at home. Um, but yeah, so so that night, Zan and I were like, we should just keep playing, and so we stayed up for like. 15 hours more 
It was like 3 p.m. the next day. <laughs> he and I completed like seven games together just for fun, random. Like, wow. We just beat them because I knew them all really well. And then, like, he went home and he felt inspired and he made his own YouTube show. And then I was like, <laughs> I want to make my YouTube show. Uh, I quit Best Buy and I took two months. I made the first episode of The Completionist and it was rough. The first episode was like, yeah. I was not happy with it. It sucked. I wasn't funny. I like, because I, I stopped acting and this was me acting again. Yeah. And I lost myself. I was like, I can't, I'm writing these great jokes. I can't perform my own jokes. Yeah. And then Greg came over one day to look at the first cut and was like, this is really funny. Just do this. And he like acted it out. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, you're the missing piece to this. Help me, help me yeah, yeah, yeah. voice this. And so he did. And like, that was our first video that went viral. And that dynamic was how our relationship worked for as long as it did until yeah. it didn't until it stopped working. Yeah, yeah. Like after my first video, it got a million views plus something like that. Oh man, which was like old school YouTube. Yeah. Back in the day, a YouTuber could like or comment a video, and a YouTuber was born. That's like how it worked. And so I had three YouTubers yeah. like and comment on my video, and then all of their friends also liked and commented on the video. Yeah. So I had all the Newgrounds guys, I had all of the retro wow, gaming guys, yeah. like everyone who did not know who I was, they found my video, they liked and commented, and like I went from a channel that had a thousand subscribers to almost 7,000 in one night. Wow. And then I hit 10,000 subscribers in like two and a half months, and then <laughs> I went to go get YouTube partnership, yeah. and they denied me, and they actually Took my channel away and and what? struck it down because I was using copyright material because back in the day there was no oh. copyright and stuff out there. So yeah, I signed yeah, yeah. with Maker Studios, the game station, yeah. and they were like, "We can partner you, but you have to change channels." So my original channel was called That One Video Website because I wanted to make a website called ThatOneVideo.com, which was a viral website to watch content. I see. It was a YouTube competitor. That was my idea. Big brain, right? <laughs> and so. I switched from that one video website to that one video gamer. Yeah. Because I was like, hey, it's that one video gamer that you see on YouTube. That was the intent behind it. Yeah. And then the idea also was to build that one vertical. So like that one musician, that one artist, that one sure. game dev, yeah, yeah. whatever I came up with. And so uh <laughs> and so I started <laughs> okay. over from one thousand I started over again with like yeah. I had a thousand subscribers. I made an update video on the old channel. Out of the ten thousand, like seven thousand moved over. Wow. So I mean, I was like, oh my God, they all came with me. Yeah, and then like, great. because I was a new channel, YouTube was like, oh, new channel, recommend. And so like, oh, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. started like going, yeah. I, started, I started uploading the old videos from the old channel. And every time I would do is, oh, new content. It just kept going and yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. And so in three months I hit, I, in less than two months, I hit 10,000 subscribers. I did a showcase on the TGS Spotlight channel. That gave me another 5,000 subscribers. And then, <laughs> like, after the first year of doing YouTube, I hit 45,000 subscribers. Wow. So, it, like, going at it really hard, leaving Best Buy. It wasn't just, like, I'm going to quit and make a YouTube channel. It was, like, you actually had, like, some backbone to everything that you're doing. I tried. I, I acted like I did at the very least. I committed yeah. to it. I, I committed yeah. to it because I knew that if I was going to make this work... That I had to give it hundred and ten percent. Yeah, that's like it's always hard to describe like how like how to do something successful to somebody. Like like you get a lot of questions and we get we get this too. Like, hey, I want to make a game, and like the implied question is like, I want to make a game as big as Shovel Knight, or like, right, I want to make a game that's as successful as Shovel Knight. Right, like, how do, how do I make a game? Or, or and a lot of it is like, I don't want to like get into the games industry, too, you know. Um, but in general, it's like, well, what do I have to do? And like the question is always like. The answer is always like laden with like, there's so much. Yeah. You know, like, and there's like so many things that have to like coincide and like, and 
you know, luck and and uh, and and like and or providence or whatever like has to like come together to make those happen ninety percent of the time. Yeah. Like if you didn't have that party at your parents' house, or like if Aaron's parents or uh or the John's parents yeah. had been out of town, like nothing, right? Nothing. None of them would have happened. Yeah. Um, Serendipitously, that's just how it how it rolled out. Yeah. Same with us. Like if if Kickstarter hadn't been in the position that it was at the time that we did our Kickstarter, like we wouldn't have funded Shovel Knight. Yeah. Especially not as long as as we worked on it for. Yeah. Um. If. You know. Well, you guys were determined too to not be the Kickstarter non-committers because oh yeah, like there's so many people who rose and fell because of their lack of well, execution and promises. I think that's that's sort of a unique thing, thing that we learned at Way Forward, which was at working at Way Forward, which is at the at the time the company was like very work for hire. So you you worked on a Batman game, you worked on a Smurfs game, you worked on a a Thor game, like yeah you worked on these games and they had to come out so you had to like learn how to like scope them yeah right and so like we we knew going into making a game like don't promise too much like don't give in don't give too much <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> we we learned the more nuances of that lesson <laughs> later <laughs> well i think i think your guys' mentality was to like we'll just change the sprites to some gameplay and be fine. But in reality, you were like, oh, fuck, we made these so well-designed. Well, yeah, we have we to make them their own games. And we were like, no, we can't do something dumb. It has to be good. It has to be great, yeah. <laughs> and then we just like, yeah, just... Hearing the story of people, like, making their first game can be very similar. Like, that. that's, like, very much what it is. And so that, that leads, obviously, to a lot of, like... Kickstarter failures because like using Kickstarter to make a make a game, you don't have to prove that you're like good at making games. You just yeah. have to prove that you like can make a great trailer. Right. Um, you you can you have to prove that the people around you who are interested in the project can represent the project. Yeah. Like, uh, but, but you don't have to do everything. You all you have to do is just be like, hey, you have to convince someone that that that, that like you, your pitch of what the game is matches with like. What they want the game to be, yeah, and then and there's like this hypothetical like game that you both are, are like aiming at. If that's great, then that's gonna make this the Kickstarter successful, right? Yeah. But that's like not a thing. That's not a real product. You can't sell that idea yeah. or that like, expectation of an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you you have to like execute on that, and and a lot of first time devs or like you know smaller teams that haven't like worked together in the past, their disadvantage is that they don't have that like really tight understanding of what the game is going to be. Yeah. And so it just it goes the way that a lot of games do go, which is like they they get canceled or they like they don't fully flush out. But with Kickstarter, is like all the pressure. And so I don't I this is all to say that like um, there's a lot of stories of like Kickstarter's failure, sure. failing. But like th that's just how games development works a lot of yeah. times, and Kickstarter just exposes that. Yeah. So yeah. when when you guys decide, well, I mean, I think. I think the, th the benefit that you guys have that I think people don't really recognize when mm -hmm. it comes to making games from a Kickstarter perspective, right, is, you know, I'd, I've never made a game before, but looking right. in, I can kind of go, when I look at the Shovel Knight Kickstarter, I go, these are developers who've worked together on projects, who have past history, right. who, are, who come from and have a track record of we've worked on games for a while. Right. So the confidence of the Kickstarter was there. But you have something, and I have no problem blasting this Kickstarter because people forgave it somehow. Uh, when when <laughs> Yogscast did their Kickstarter, do you remember this? 
Dogscast. I, I don't. I I do remember this. Yes. <laughs> they million dollars, yep. and they by the time they were done, they not only did the game fall apart, there was no game. Yep. The money was gone, and mm -hmm. they gave out codes for a different game, for several different games. Yep. Uh, that's, the, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you are selling this idea, and like, Kickstarter means that like everybody's buying into the, the thought and the mm -hmm. idea. But sometimes projects just don't work, and yeah. like, and and in the in in the other world where there's like investors and stuff, those investors are just they're out of money and like that they the result is like they yeah, just bye like, bye they, yeah. they lost that money that like quarter or whatever well and people forget too that like investors can write off their taxes that they lost the money so like well there's there's some mitigation i mean you still lost a lot of money you lost a lot of money but <laughs> at least you can tax deduct some of the write-offs as i i failed at this yeah. thing that sucks yeah i mean the, the scale of of certain venture capitalists yeah like yeah it makes that a little softer absolutely you're 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 giving money to people that you think are gonna do well yeah and like they might fail, like, like so many games. Like I was, like I was saying, like so many games. Like just, they just don't come out, and without Kickstarter, you don't know about them. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many games I've Kickstarted that I never redeemed my codes for because mm. I forgot that they came out or didn't come out? <laughs> I okay. I I no no joke. I spent almost a thousand dollars on supporting <laughs> a game. Okay, it was a high tier credit on one game. On one game. Okay. It was a horror game. Sure. That I wanted to dedicate to the Scary Game Squad guys. The developers never reached out to me about putting my Kickstarter backer thing in the game. Oh no! So I I never got any of my rewards. And when I messaged them about it, I looked at my inbox and they sent me two messages the yeah. whole time. And it was once in the beginning, and then once six months later. But the game was in development for four years, and I never heard back from them. <laughs> And one of the things I wanted to do was I got one of the the reward was I got to design a puzzle and I forgot that I was supposed to design a puzzle until the game came out because I saw my credit card statement was like fuck I'm what <laughs> and and I messaged the devs and they were like we try to get a hold of you but you never responded and I was like you guys reached out one time yeah like the game was in development for four years yeah. I've been supporting you guys on we like we did it we we played the demo of it we talked I tweeted it out all the time I'm talking to you guys like yeah. I just was like I was bummed by it I was yeah. bummed by it because I was like my expectations of helping these people out was like I support you yeah and the whole point is I wanted we're in scary games so we're gonna we we I don't think we ended up recording this game but because I was so mad about it yeah but I wanted so that like in the middle of the game. Like the puzzle is unveiled, and it's like it scares Davis because I made the puzzle <laughs> named Davis's name. Yeah, yeah. So when he figured it out, I'm gonna be like, ah! Like I wanted that aha moment. Yeah. And I think the internet did too, but they just never, they never fulfilled it. Um, yeah. But what was the point of that? Oh, just like the the game did well, right? Sure. It like succeeded and did crazy good, and I supported and believed in it. But yeah, you know, it's, it happens. It's it's weird, like. You gave money to something and like being betrayed. Like I, yeah. I've, I was supporting Kickstarters that like totally just disappeared, right? Um, Shovel Knight was promised in to be a, a character as a cameo in a few of those, um, but, but ultimately I have I have way more um, personally. Like, I, I guess I have more like understanding or forgiveness for those things because I know 
Well, you've but been like, there. I've, yeah, I've been there, and I know, like... You lived You lived that life till about December of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and just in general, just like making games, it's... You don't, you don't get to... It's not, it's not a typical thing, you yeah. know? It's, it's not like, well, we'll just, we'll just create level one, and then we'll be done. And then we'll make level two, and then we'll be done. And, and like, we'll do and then three. at level 30, we'll be done with the whole game, and the whole thing will take exactly 36 weeks. It's like, that doesn't make sense or yeah. exist. <laughs> like, there's not a single game that has ever been made that way. They're really fragile, creative endeavors that everybody has to get really on board with. And the ones that make it through are sort of like miracles of cooperation. Yeah. And I feel like if you're making a game uh, on Kickstarter, it's like it's already like it's more amateur. And so I think Kickstarter is is sort of the problem, right? It's not like not to say that Kickstarter is bad. It's just that Kickstarter is like the thing that exposes what is. Yeah. And so like you're you're suddenly exposed to the amateur efforts of somebody, and like you had the opportunity like to like pay money, and like they they're gonna promise you something, but like. A lot of times, people just like have to break promises. Yeah. You know? So I, I, anyway, well, I, I just they have to compromise. You, you have to change. compromise somewhere. Like priorities change, life things happen. People um, have kids. Some people uh, like walk away from the project. Passion um, changes, life changes. Passion changes. Yeah. Like we're all people doing stuff, and and. Yeah, but I gave you sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten thousand people gave. <laughs> yeah, gave but, dude, 60 yeah. Bucks, yeah, yeah, but man. <laughs> well, I think too, like the thing that never gets talked about in Kickstarter is all the rewards that physically have to go out. That shit oh, stresses yeah. me out when I see a Kickstarter that's like, we have thirty thousand backers <laughs> and it's thirty thousand t-shirts, and I'm like, no, 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 do no. not do that. How much money? If you okay. Yeah, we, just like five dollars. It's six bucks to make a T-shirt, just to make the T-shirt, <laughs> to make it no one color, like no it's, design, it's nothing. Six dollars if you have the right connections. <laughs> it's like right, so much more. Right, right. It's <laughs> so much more, especially if you're like, is it the right shirt type? Is it the right colors? Is it the is the design over the top? And then the like you're spending time on this as a, as a game developer, you're like. I gotta like source like maybe I can get a local print shop to do all this and like, yeah. I, like, like I gotta call and it's like you lose days of time uh, just like spending it on like figuring out a t-shirt yeah <laughs> I mean when we put our Kickstarter out it's like $75,000 they're asking for that much somebody can make this game for $7,500 um <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> that's I hope I hope that person some days hears this podcast and just like recognizes Wow, they made fucking four <laughs> goddamn games and a battle game to go with it. I think that person definitely was coming from a position of ignorance, which is where we all start. So I, yeah. I totally understand. But you at are the same a kind time, human like... being. <laughs> you are so kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the same time, it's just it's just like so wrong. It's laughable because yeah. like no, like people are expensive. People like the amount of money that like you put into a thing. It doesn't go for equipment. Like equipment's like is is like relatively cheap. You buy you buy a computer, some software for like three or four grand, you're done. It's not like exactly. it's it like, like, exactly. Yeah. But like one person's salary living in LA, it can't be like it can't be three or four grand. Like that, that's like it has to be like way more than it's that. It's three or four grand like, if we move to Ohio and get a farm. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we live in Los Angeles, and so that's like every and that's every month. Yeah, every person. There's a we we put out an article about like doing back of the napkin math for like how much it costs to make like a shadows and the common um standard is is a 10k man month for one month one person 
is in the budget for $10,000. And that doesn't mean we're paying that person $10,000 a month, but it does mean that like the overhead is, is like factored in and like the, the general scale of the company as that increases uh, accounts for like the extra stuff. Yeah. And, and taxes and, and bonuses and all that. So it's mm -hmm. like that money is where all the money goes. <laughs> and so when you have five people working on a game, and you could probably do like a seven and a half K man month if it's like really indie. <laughs> you sure. Know? You know, that's already like, okay, it's seven and a half thousand dollars for five people for one month. It's like really basic math. That's like over $35,000. Yeah. So it's just like, you can't. Um, 35, a month. A month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the, what was the Kickstarter goal? What was the total? 75 grand. That was definitely us, like, and pitching guys, a smaller scope game. And, and you guys raised what? 320 or something. That means that, based on the math that you've done... Well, we ran out of money. Yeah. No, we were, we were like, broke. Yeah. We, because, first of all, taxes. Secondly, like, five, like right off the top, like, 10 or, or so percent. Ta taxes the, plus the, Kickstarter taxes. And to Kickstarter yeah. and Amazon. We lose a bunch of taxes. And so, like, right away, the budget's way lower. It's, like, or so yeah and then that money has to last for months and months and months and it doesn't and so like we all took the bare minimum that was needed for e each individual um and there's five by, of you guys and there were there were five of us at the time and by february it was there was no money there was no money we could pay for we like we, we reserved money for like rent for the office but there was no money for people i had to borrow money from my mom i had to like my car was broken down, so I had, like my my stepdad gave me his his car. He was like looking to get a new car anyway, so like yeah. he let me have his old one, and I ate Jack in the Box <laughs> like ninety nine cent tacos for <laughs> yeah, days. <bro>. Yep, <laughs> uh huh. Um, a three a.m. run. <laughs> all of them, yeah. We and we worked six seven days a week. Yeah, hundred hour work weeks. It was like brutal, not human. Work conditions. When you say February, you mean February before release? Yeah, so February 2014. Which means the game came out in... In June, June. 26. Yeah. And so that was, yeah, that was like four months of just like being broke. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> uh, I, I was talking, I told you about this last time we were talking, but um, the way that companies pay money, like you don't, when you, when you get a game sale, it's not like that money goes right into your bank account, right? Yeah. Um, that money gets collected by the first party so by steam or by nintendo whatever and then they they lump it all together and then they send it to you quarterly or by yearly or whatever it is I'm by monthly or every other month or every sure. every three months yeah and so uh we had no money but the game had just come out um on, and june 26th is when it was released um i forget which platform it was but basically like their cutoff was june 30th and so like <laughs> so we sold the game for four or five solid days, and then that was the money that we got to use. <laughs> oh my gosh! To, to for the for the next quarter or so, but that was good because you know that meant that our payday was like a, a week so or so after, soon, that. So yeah. soon after that. So like we we sold the game, we like we <laughs> you know like we we like clenched our fists and like like tried to figure it out. Maybe maybe it'll work out. Like you know we like you know biting our nails and nervous, um, and. Maybe it'll sell. Maybe it'll sell. Maybe it'll sell. Maybe it'll sell. And then it sold. And it's like, okay, cool. We can like, we can survive, and like, we can we can bring everybody back to the same level of, of disbursement. And yeah. Have the company again. Um. But man, that, that was 
really scary. <laughs> it was very I scary. Not, I do not envy you, my dude. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just... had a, I had a, a daughter during that time, too. That was, uh, that was fun. Looking back at that now, that was what, almost, that was five years ago, right? That was six, yeah. Six, yeah. Because my daughter's six. That's <laughs> <laughs> how you, you scale yeah, yeah. it, because my daughter's six, that's six years. Six. Uh, I, I guess that was like five and a half years ago, yeah. Yeah. So looking back, looking back at what you what you experienced, if you could give your if you could give yourself advice in that February <laughs> to June vibe, that yeah. time period, what what would you have said to yourself? I think it wouldn't be advice because I feel like what happened as a result of like us like trying what we did. Mm -hmm. I think I think what I would do is just like try to reassure because like. Just being being in that position of just being totally not knowing what's going to happen uh -huh. and not like being sure where money was going to come from and like I would you know what I would do I would send myself to my wife because she was like I I don't know what it is my my brain doesn't get super stressed out about that kind of stuff I like I can compartmentalize and just like focus on the day to day but it's harder for her and so I would send myself back to her and just be like you'll be fine it's gonna sell a, a lot you're like you're, you're good. You're not gonna be starving. Like your daughter will be fine. Everything's gonna be taken care of, and you're gonna have twins. Okay, bye. <laughs> get ready for the twins. Yeah, get ready for twins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like that would be what I would say. I, I, yeah, I think <clears throat> those kind of things, like you take risks, you kind of have to work through them. Yeah. Um, and I think risks are worth taking in life. Yeah. And I think that. They can pay off and they can not, but we took the risks knowing that, and we still take risks now, like knowing that if, even if everything explodes and fails, like I personally have a support structure where I have friends and family that I can rely on. I'm not truly doing this alone. I have, yeah. I have, I have a strong family. I have a good connection to my uh, community at church. And, like I have a lot of like external sources where I, I feel like even if like, you know, Yacht Club exploded, all the servers got wiped and like, Half the company died, which would be horrible. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. don't feel like my life would be totally over because I have like backup. Yeah. <laughs> like I have like. Give your cloud save. You're yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Even if even if like my hand falls off and I can't do art anymore, like, you know, maybe my wife can go back to teaching and I can, I can be a dad or whatever. Like, sure. Like there's there's things that like that can happen that that I, uh, like I can survive. Mm -hmm. And um, more importantly, I just like have the people in my life that can support me. So yeah, that was like. That that let me take the risk. Yeah, you know, even though I was a brand new dad, and even though like <laughs> I didn't really have a solid job, and even though like you know X, Y, and Z was happening, I know that like, and I did. Like, I relied on my mom. I, I borrowed money from my mom. Yeah, um, and that was such a huge blessing from her. So I don't know. I think I think that's like sort of the theme of of what we've been <laughs> talking about tonight. Is like yeah, you have to put yourself out there. You have to like try at things that seem exciting or fun, and and be willing to fail. Like yeah. you said, like you you said, you, you, the the completionist was like your your fourth or your fifth show. Yeah, Shovel Knight was not my first game. Yeah, you know, um, but it was your game. <laughs> you know, it was like it was yes. your like I mean, you know, something that I see often in in, in both game dev and and influencer styles <laughs> is passion, right? So yeah, yeah, how how are you? supposed to have passion when you are working on Barbie's dream house vacation for the <laughs> Nintendo DS. You know Dude, what I mean? On a side note, I just bought one of my old games that I worked on and it literally is Barbie and the Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm gonna. <laughs> you should come by my stream, twitch.tv slash nickwaz. Dude. Or I'm gonna play it on stream. I... It's a. It's actually pretty cool. It's a. It's like, uh, baby's first platformer. It has like what like you have attacks and you can switch <laughs> characters and like, it's it's actually like gonna be cool. The thing, the, the <laughs> thing, the thing I I want to do one day when I have a lot of money, if I ever get a lot of money, I want to do a profile dive piece on every game made by Way Forward and highlight the teams and go talk to them because deep down inside of every shitty licensed game that Way Forward has ever made there is like insanely good game design and mechanics and like pixels and music that no one bought or saw because these fucking rock star men were put and girls were putting their their lives on the line to make their money work man like, some of them are good some of them were like us really figuring things out. I can say this: there are parts of the older games that I that I worked on that I liked. Mm -hmm. So, like in Thor, God of Thunder for the DS. Um, okay, well, I, I worked on. The, I, gotta, I gotta look this up. Hold on. I worked on the bosses for this game, and the bosses are really cool. And the last boss in particular is called Mangog. It's like big and cinematic and <laughs> over the top and stupid. And me and David worked on that together. There's just like so many games that like parts of them are really interesting and fun but like we had to finish them so fast yeah <laughs> they, like they just like they just like uh here's some ideas uh, okay it's done okay okay it's gone next game yeah like i did like scripting for for smurfs too the, for the, the movie the game and like <laughs> that game scripting you wrote the script or you no, mean no, no, you no, no, like, script, like, like scripting. Lewis scripting yeah yeah gotcha. for, like events would happen so like you'd walk by and like birds would fly out can i can um, i ask you i want just ballpark yeah how much do you think Thor got a thunder on Amazon is right now. Oh, for the DS? The Nintendo DS. DS games are hard to find. Is it new? I want to say it's new. Oh. $35? 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Yeah. That's not bad. I I have to We ha I have to read these reviews to you. <laughs> oh god. I have to. It's the DS one, right? Because we didn't this make the other the one. This is the DS. We made the DS. This one. is this is the DS. Okay, okay. Uh, this is just so fascinating. Most of these are very positive. Uh, it has a three and a half star rating out of five on Amazon. Nice. That's good. Uh, most That's of the reviews are positive. See. Um, <laughs> with with the negative one being more one star than, than anything else. Yeah. Okay. This is a very fun one. You ready? Yeah. Christmas gift. Enjoying this game. That's all. <laughs> cool. Three stars. Five star. That was five stars. Okay, good, good, good. Three stars. Oh. My kid liked it. That's it. <laughs> uh, my son loves it. My son loves any type of superhero. Thor and Thor was a hard game to find, <laughs> but with the help of Amazon, my son is now one happy kid. My, my son loves any superhero thing. Yeah. So this could have been literally been any superhero thing. So, <laughs> so Trisha, she bought the game in 2017. What? And she said, "What is she doing, Trisha? Trisha." Three stars. Pretty good graphics. Okay for most age groups. My daughters, my daughters, multiple daughters enjoyed this game. Everybody's buying it for their kids. Zachary with is three Thor stars. Is Thor a kids thing? Thor is like I Nintendo die. DS. Nintendo DS. But Thor, I like. I don't know who. Yeah. Oh my, I guess. Oh my god. This dude. Okay. This man. Yeah. This person. Wrote a IGN review. You ready for this? What's his, what's his Four stars. His username is Christopher Boro. 
Okay. Cri- Cristoforo is what he is what it is. Oro. Fun. The title is fun melee style fighting, a bit repetitive. Okay. Crim's Hell is on the cover, but the game is bound to the is not bound to the movie. The game is fun, SNES genre platformer feel. It takes a couple levels to remember all button combinations for the different moves. Very fair. Once you grab them, the combos you perform are satisfying. Example: flying in the air with an enemy on your hammer, giving them a wallop in the midair, then crashing their bodies down to the ground. The levels and character designs can get repetitive. From world to world, you are fighting the same basic five baddies with mm-hmm. maybe a color or armor cosmetic change. The end bosses make it up for all of it. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> bosses are hard, all caps. Yeah. You need to use every skill in your arsenal and not waste a millisecond on your attacks. Seeing bosses that are two screens tall overpowering is incredibly overwhelming and fun, which makes this game the best part. Being able to customize <laughs> your skills with runes is a fun idea, but limited. When you add a rune, you need to subtract another. Yeah. The story is remedial, but let's be honest, you are not playing this game for the plot. I'd recommend buying this used. It's not one of my favorites, but it's a fun pick-up-and-go time filler. Dude, okay. He said it's okay. The animations are seriously some of the most amazing pixel animations I've ever, like, worked with. Wow. I didn't do them. Yeah. They were done by... Uh, there's a guy named Chris Curligan who does a lot of the pixel animation at WayForward, and he's... I think he's, like, the best pixel animator I know. He's amazing and, and not very celebrated, sadly, but Chris Curligan, he's done... Just amazing stuff, and he actually, uh, we we <laughs> we hired him to do uh, some stuff for y- for Yacht Club as well. So like, oh, cool. he did the dance animations for for Plague and and, and Mona. Yay! Um, and yeah, like his his work is like inspirational. Everything has a tons of frames of animation. Yeah. I, I show this off on the stream every now and then because like, you know, Thor's run animation is like fourteen frames. His idols. Oh my like gosh! 10. It's like it's a ridiculous amount of like really ten. Deep- 10 for an idol animation? <laughs> Dude, I know. Holy and it's shit. Like, it's like breathing and it's just subtle and it's all it's all sub-pixel animation. Um, the art in this game is phenomenal. Dude, can um, can can I this is gonna be a crazy ask. I know you can't yeah. say yes. Can we play these games on Beard Bros with you and the mic? Dude, yeah, that'd be fun. I would love <laughs> I would yeah, love to great. sit down with you. Pick like three or four games. We'll call it the Waz Collection. <laughs> it's all the games that you're so proud that you worked on. Yeah, and we fu- that'd be I, fun. I'd love. I'd love to play this game. That'd be really fun. Yeah. we could play. We could play Thor. The thing is, though, Thor takes some time because all the enemies have like fifteen percent too much health. Yeah. So <laughs> it's is it's that so on purpose? fun. Uh, no. I mean, and it was just like a balancing thing that, that like we could have balanced one way or another, and it was just yeah, like yeah, yeah. Be, when you make a game, you're like really good at the game. Yeah. And so like by the end of it, you're were just, you guys the QA team essentially? Uh, no, but we did some like we were playing a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, but there's some really cool secrets in this game too. So you can play. Do you know Do you know anything about Thor mythology? No. Like the, the, the comic mythology. No. Do you know what Throg is? No. So I, I don't personally know all of this, but at one point a frog gets the hammer, and becomes Throg, which isn't like like Thor with the frog. It's a frog with like the hammer and he's got like armor and stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a secret where it lets you play as Throg, which I don't think WB knows about or uh, (laughs) Marvel knows about. (laughs) (laughs) You have to set. You have to do something with the birthday. I don't. I don't remember if we included if we did this, but yeah, there's some really cool stuff in that game, dude. That's what we're doing. Okay, we have to do it. We have to do it. Let's 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 get through GDC and uh, and packs. And, and packs, yeah. Once we're done in April, like 
I'm so fucking ready, dude. That sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Waz, we've been here talking for several hours. Have we? Uh, yeah. I don't oh, know how this is going on. I know it's late for you. It's late for me. Um, dude, thank you so much for for yeah, talking with course, me. This was man. so much fun. I had, a lot of, uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, this was like a this podcast is like a special one because it's not really the normal structure, but it's basically I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing a follow up podcast that's all about Shovel Knight. Okay, cool. But uh, this was like. This was super, super fun. It just was so, it was so cool talking <laughs> yeah. to you about this stuff. And no, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, I wasn't too uh, giggly or fast talking. <laughs> that's, I no, mean, that's... I listen to myself every now and then, and I in interviews, and I'm always like, God, just slow down. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop, you... stop cackling. <laughs> but whatever. No, no. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I think like when you do interviews and stuff like that, right? Like how, <laughs> yeah. Most of it, like most of it, they just write it down, or like sometimes, yeah. But when they do interview you, I'm sure you're trying to figure out like how, like how to respond, or yeah, yeah. I yeah. Just, I, I, I just go into default. Yeah. Mode and it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had a lot of fun. This yeah, has been great. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks man. for having thank me you. on. Thanks for. I have I have one last invite. question for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm ready. So shovel night. Yeah. Why? Sho <laughs> why shovel? I knew, I, knew. <laughs> I, I had to every had time. To. Every time. I, so the the lore of this guys is that every person who interviews yacht clubs they always ask why a shovel. <laughs> yeah. So and, why the shovel was? And we always answer. Yeah. Um, because we hate rakes. <laughs> that is a brilliant response. <laughs> that is a fucking brilliant response. <laughs> I can't. Rake night does not sound no, pleasing no. at Ugh. all. Ugh. God. Ugh, God. Ugh. Even just imagining imagining what Rake Knight's armor <laughs> looks like, let alone the Rake itself, is oh, the most disturbing. No, I'm just like picturing like scratching the rake across concrete <laughs> that, that like really like like I really want to hear I really want to hear a shitty Jake like <laughs> like rake night like <laughs> yeah he's like the crappy version of shovel knight <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the shit out of, of Waz's streams real quick so if you guys go to twitch.tv slash Waz Nick, Nick Waz yeah. Nick Waz if you subscribe to him on Twitch for long enough he will create a sprite of your choice mm -hmm. to participate in mini games that take place on his streams. And he animates yep. them on stream too. Yeah. So you get to see your your character on screen get animated and then put in on stream. And the longer you're subscribed, the more unique animations you have. You, yep. you get... Uh, you start at one month, you get an idol. Yeah. Two months, you get to walk around and jump. Three months, you get an attack. Yeah. Six months, you get a dance. And nine months, you get different colors. Do I have a dance? You don't I, have a I dance think, I think I'm about to hit six I'm months. Like, I'm like behind on so many oh, people. Oh, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I then just... at a year, you become a boss. Whoa! Which we just added. So I have one, I have one uh, person who's a boss right now, and uh, that one's really cool. She like, shows up on screen and goes, oh, fighter. Oh, man. Awesome. If I become a boss, can I like shoot a tentacle out of my pistol? We, so. Or is it just a generic? It's like a. It's We do one new animation. So, yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah, so That's you can awesome. totally have a tentacle come out of your, Dude, your gun. Dude, I just think the idea of like a blunderbuss and like like yeah. shooting like Davy Jones style, like a fucking <laughs> yeah. gigantic anime tentacle, just like <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's you can awesome. See it right now. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. Awesome, Was. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions for Was, let me know, and then I'll just respond. I'll ask sure. him, and he can yeah. write in the Discord, or we. 
whatever, whatever we want. They barely go talk to Walls on the stream. He streams all the time. I'm always there. I'll buy you a gift sub, maybe. <laughs> Gerard is like the probably the most generous person I know. He like <laughs> he's bought like so many gift subs for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> he just like shows up and like, hey, and then and then 15 gift subs. To be fair, to be fair, there is, there's two reasons. Oh? One... He's never said to me reasons. Yeah. One, I like having people f discover your streams. <laughs> and I think it's cool that they get to, like, see themselves, be a part of your community, and it makes them connect more. Two, I just like hearing the cool beans theme from uh, Hot Rod. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> and that was on a great that note. note. And on that note, uh, go watch the streams. We'll talk to you all soon. And, uh, yeah, take it easy. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.